I took this job because it was part-time, and I'm not as good a juggler as Joan London, Paula Zahn, and other circus performers. How about you, Sarah? Ben asks the third law clerk, Sarah Whittemore, sitting on my other side. You don't have a case this morning. You can sit in the back. Fat chance. Sarah smooths a strand of cool blonde hair away from her face, revealing a nose so diminutive it's a wonder she gets any oxygen at all. Sorry, I need this seat, she says. I could have told him that. Sarah wants to represent the downtrodden, not mingle with them. A panel door opens near the dais, and the court crier, a compact man with a competent air, begins a last-minute check on the microphones at the dais and podium. Ben glances at the back row with dismay. I can't sit back there with those people. One of them has a plastic hat on, for God's sake. Artie looks over the top of his paper. A plastic hat? Where? There. Ben jerks his thumb toward a bearded man sporting a crinkled cellophane rain bonnet and a black raincoat buttoned to the neck. The man's collar is flipped up, ready for monsoon season, but it's not raining in the courtroom today. It's shaken, Bake. He came, Artie says. His face lights up and he waves at the man with his newspaper. Go sit with him, Safer. He's all right. You know that guy, Artie? I ask, sitting straighter to get a better look. The bearded man grins in a loopy way at the massive gold seal of the United States courts mounted behind the dais, his grubby face tilted to the disc like a black-eyed Susan to the sun. Sure, he hangs out at the Y, plays ball with me and Armin. You ought to see his spin move. It's awesome when he's not zoned out. I told him to stop by and see the judge on the bench. Ben's dark eyes widen. You invited that kook to oral argument? How could you do that? Why shouldn't he come to court? Artie says. It's a free country. He's got rights. He stands up and signals wildly. The lawyers in the first three rows of the courtroom crane their necks at him, and I tug at the rough khaki of his sport coat. Artie, don't embarrass me, I say. Sarah leans over. Artie, you're crazier than he is. Sit down. He's not crazy, Artie says, still signaling. He's wearing saran wrap, I point out. He always does. It's shake and bake, man. You gotta love it. Fine. Ben says, you like him so much, you go sit with him. Don't mind if I do. Party on, Safer. Artie claps Ben on the back and walks toward the back row. Please rise, shouts the crier, standing behind a desk at the side of the dais. The Honorable Judges of the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. A concealed door to the left of the dais swings open, and the judges parade out, resplendent in their swishing black robes. The federal courts decide appeals in three judge panels, inviting comparison to the three wise men or the three stooges, depending on whether you win or lose. First comes the Honorable Philip Galanter, tall, thin, and Aryan, with slack jowls like Ed Neese used to have and blonde hair thinning to gray. He's followed by a wizened senior judge, the Honorable Morris Townsend, shuffling slowly along, and finally the very honorable and terribly handsome chief judge, Armin Gregorian, my boss. Armin looks good up there, doesn't he? Sarah says, crossing her legs under the skirt of her sleek slate-gray suit. He sure as hell does. Towering over the two of them, Armin grins down at the crowd in an easy way. His complexion is tinged with olive. His oversized teeth remind me of an exotic JFK. There are precious few perks in working for the judicial branch, and a boss who looks like a sultan is one of them. I lean near Sarah's perfumed neck and whisper, I got first dibs. In your dreams. But you're too young for him, she smirks. Too young? Is there such a thing? Bitch. I elbow her in the ovary. Oye, oye, calls the crier. 
All persons having business with the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit are admonished to draw near and give their attention, for this court is now in session. God save the United States and this honorable court. Be seated, please. The panel sits down and the first appeal begins. Ben takes notes on the argument by the appellant's lawyer, who had a civil case dismissed by the district court ten floors below us. Who wants the first question? Harmon says, looking over his colleagues on the panel. He flicks a silky black forelock out of his eyes. He always needs a haircut. It's part of his sex appeal. Judge Galanter? Counsel, Judge Galanter says quickly. Your appeal concerns the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO. But I wonder if you understand why the statute at issue was enacted by Congress. It was passed because of organized crime, Your Honor. The statute was aimed at extortionists, murderers, and loan sharks. The typical organized criminals, correct? The young lawyer looks puzzled. Yes, Judge Galanter. It prohibits a pattern of racketeering activity, the so-called predicate acts, does it not? Yes, sir. Armin shifts in his high-backed chair. But your client isn't suing mobsters under RICO, is he, counsel? Galanter says. With all due respect, Your Honor, I think this appeal presents a matter of national importance. It involves the manipulation of... Flower peddlers. Isn't that right, counsel? Not mobsters. Not extortionists. Not killers. Florists. The ad says... Nothing but the best for your wedding or bar mitzvah. He chuckles, as does the gallery. They have to. He's an Article Three judge, as in Article Three of the Constitution. If you don't laugh, the FBI shows up at your door. Yes, the defendants are floral vendors. Galanter's thin lips part in an approximation of a smile, and he arches an eyebrow so blonde it's almost invisible. Floral vendors? Is that a term of art, counsel? The gallery laughs again. Florists. The lawyer concedes. Thank you. Now, carnations are the bulk of your client's business, is that correct? Galanter flips through the appendix with assurance and reads aloud. Pink ones, red ones, even the sprayed ones, according to your client's affidavit, although I see sweetheart roses did well in February. He pauses to look significantly at Judge Townsend, but Townsend's eyes are closed. God knows which way he'll go on this case. They're a network of florists. Oh, I see. A ring of florists. Do you think Congress intended even a ring of florists to be covered by this racketeering statute? Armin hunches over his microphone. Counsel, does it really matter what they sell? Go get them, boss, I say under my breath. Sir? says the lawyer. He grabs the side of the podium like a kid stowed away on a sinking ship. It wouldn't make sense to have a rule of law that turned on the occupation of the defendant, would it? No, sir, says the lawyer, shaking his head. Armin leans forward, his eyes dark as Turkish coffee. In fact, after what the Supreme Court said in Scheidler, even a group of abortion protesters can be subject to RICO. Isn't that right, Mr. Noble? Galanter glances over at Armin like a jockey on a thoroughbred. But Chief Justice Rehnquist made clear in Scheidler that there was a pattern of extortion of federal crimes. Where's the federal crimes with the floral conspiracy? Florists wielding pruning shears? Give me that money or I snip the orchid? Galanter shudders comically and the gallery laughs on cue. But they do threaten society, the lawyer says, fumbling for the rigging. Mr. Canavan signed a contract and they didn't send him any orders. They intended to drive Canavan flowers into bankruptcy. It was part of a plan. Your client did file for Chapter 11 protection, didn't he? Armin says. Suddenly Judge Townsend emits a noisy snort that sounds like an ancient steamboat chugging to life. Armin and Galanter look over as Judge Townsend's heavy-lidded eyes creak open. If I may, I have a question, he says, smacking his dry lips. Go right ahead, Armin says. Galanter forces a well-bred smile. 
Thank you, Chief Judge Gregorian, Judge Townsend says. He nods graciously. Now, Counselor, why are you letting my colleagues badger you? The smile on Galanter's face freezes in place. The gallery laughs uncertainly. Sir? The lawyer says. Judge Townsend snorts again and lists gently to the starboard side. As I see it, the question with this new statute is always the same. Ben whispers, New? Rico was passed in the 70s. The question is always, how is this case different from a case of garden variety fraud? How is it different from other injuries to one's business, which we decide under the common law? Judge Townsend waves his wrinkled hand in the air. It cuts a jagged swath. In other words, have you got some precedent for us? A case to hang your hat on? The lawyer reads his notes. Wait a minute, Your Honor. Judge Townsend blinks once, then again. Galanter smooths back the few hairs he has left. The lawyers in the gallery glance at one another. They're all thinking the same thing. Nobody tells the Third Circuit to wait a minute. The answers are supposed to roll off your tongue. The case is supposed to be at your fingertips. Better you should pee on the council table. Way to go, Einstein, Ben says. I know I have the case somewhere, says the attorney, nervously riffling through his legal pad. He should be nervous. The circuit court is the last stop before the Supreme Court, which takes fewer appeals each year. It's all those speaking engagements. Armin's upset, Sarah whispers, and I follow her eyes. Armin is looking down, worried about the appeal. The only sound in the tense courtroom is a frantic rustling as the lawyer ransacks the podium. A yellow page sails to the rich navy carpet. The silence seems to intensify. Galanter glares at the lawyer's bent head. A sound shatters the silence. Tick, 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 from the back of the courtroom. The back rows of the...